the Destiny Church 217 podcast. The message you're about to hear was recorded at the church conference hosted by Fivefold International. The focus of the church conference is to address the Capital C Church as a whole. This series of messages will provide insight and tools to equip the local church. In this podcast, we hear from Pastor John King, who is a board member of Fivefold International. Let's get into the message. It's so good to be here, and I've been really fed and encouraged and inspired uh, by uh, the doc, as he's known, uh, David, my friend, and, and Steve, great word, great, great word, and uh, I, I took notes, and um, I'll preach them uh, sometime. <laughs> Uh, but I counted a great honor to speak here at, at the Fivefold Ministry Conference. And, um, you know, I'm 73 years of age now, and I feel honored to be asked to speak anywhere. But uh, uh, it um, has been something that's been in my calendar for a long time, and I've been looking forward to uh, being here. I have to be honest, though, and say that I've uh, wrestled with the subject uh, the Big C Church uh, was the subject matter that um, I was given to wrestle with. And um, I, I'm one of these guys that I don't want to come anywhere and just give a, a nice word, if you know what I mean. And um, a long time ago, years ago, I got challenged by the Lord when he spoke to my heart and said, are you going to be a man pleaser or a prophet? And, um, and, uh, and I, my answer to him was, I, I promise um, that if you give me the words, I'll be a prophet. And, um, and so that has meant that uh, I've had to wrestle against just pleasing people's ears and, and, and then on the other hand, um, honoring who they are, but speaking the word of the Lord. So I wrestled um, a long time with what to bring. Um, after all, who am I that I dare speak into the big C church? So uh, in, by the meaning of that, it is the church of Jesus universal, the, the big C church, uh, compared to the small C church, the local church, if I can put it that way. That's the way they look at it. I don't know if there's any difference between the both. There isn't. But um, for me, who am I to speak into that? Um, however, I believe that God did give me something to share with you this morning. And you know, when you're sitting down there and you've got two speakers that are speaking before you, uh, you're waiting because you know they're going to give everything that you plan to speak. They're going to speak and you've got to get up. And, um, and, and added to that, uh, you know, we're going to, on towards noon and you are now thinking of what restaurant you're going to go to. Uh, and so I'm really up against it. Okay, but I'm going to try and honor you and honor uh, the time that I've been given this morning. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about what has happened in, in the last three or four years um, with COVID. And how many know COVID changed the world? And, um, and, and all that that happened. And then on top of that, the beating down of the culture uh, that we live in. Um, but I want to identify exactly what is happening um, after all, when you look back, the, the pressure that we had to face as leaders, um, the negativity in the world, the pressure that was now on the big C church to survive, um, I believe, personally, uh, you can disagree with me, and I'm 73 years of age, and I couldn't care less. All right. But... I believe that there was a major, major demonic attack by Satan against the church of Jesus Christ that continues through to today, uh, that is still happening. And, um, and, and what happened actually uh, was what was happening in government, for some reason it landed on the church. That being a spirit of division that is still not only affecting America, but it's affecting the whole world 
that we have this uh, new era in which we find there is so much divisiveness and division and, um, and we all dealt with it. You know, we all went through, should we wear masks? Shouldn't we not wear masks? Should we get the shot or should we not get the shot? And, and um, should we support black, black Lives Matter or shouldn't we support Black Lives Matter? And on and on it went and it landed on the church and it divided the church. Uh, how many know that the deceiver is out to divide the church? And the fact is, that's what was going on. And for me, the government of this country or any country has never been more divided than what it is today. And who would believe that it would land on the church as well? And, um, and, and so it is that we find um, that people who have been with us for years uh, were leaving the church and, and people never came back and um, they were leaving for shallow reasons. Uh, you know, they would um, bring up stuff that you never thought you would hear from. You, you're not hard enough or you're too hard in your preaching. You, you, you don't communicate or you communicate too much or, or, or you, you, the way you say things upsets me and, and on and on and on it went and and um, uh, the fact was that um, there was great division that attacked the church. Uh, you and I not only had COVID to deal with, uh, but we also had this divisionary thing that was happening within the church. And, um, and, and it just grieved my spirit. And I repeat it was an all-out demonic attack against the church of the living God. And, um, and the devil was taking advantage uh, of the church at a vulnerable time in history. And uh, attacking the leaders of the church at that vulnerable time. Uh, questions uh, that, that leaders would wrestle with. Should I do this? Shouldn't I do this? Should I preach that? Shouldn't I preach that? Am I safe to say that? Am I not safe to say that? And, and um, someone else ought to be speaking instead. And on and on, these wrestling things were going on in leaders' minds. And added to that, they were discouraged. There wasn't the money coming in that was people were leaving and not coming back again. On and on it went. The demonic attack against the leadership of the church uh, was uh, immense and is still immense. All pastors and leaders face this. Um, it was a pressure that was feeling being felt, not only coast to coast, but nation to nation, devil-inspired stuff. But you're all great leaders here, aren't you? Well, you're here, you're here, aren't you? And, uh, and the fact is, you may be uh, a little beat up and, and you may be a little scared and you wonder what the future is all about, but you stood your ground and you're here. And, and the fact is this, that I congratulate you for we've come through uh, and still are going through, but we've come through a major demonic attack against the church. The church is still alive. It's still functioning and we are still here. So having said all that, I, I now want to speak to you about leading the way forward and what that can look like. Um, that I came across a very interesting verse, in, and, and uh, I've got slides. Sorry, Steve, about that. Well done, doctor. Great job. Um, look at this verse from Jeremiah. It says in verse 24, But my people would not listen to me. They kept doing whatever they wanted, following the stubborn desires of their evil hearts. They went backward instead of forward. They went backward instead of forward. And that's what has happened to many churches. Uh, we have one young man here today um, that, that is uh, uh, got, getting his 
licensing with fivefold. These belong to a church where they decided to go in an, a, a direction, the denomination decided to go into a direction that many felt wasn't of God. And a third of the churches in that denomination have left the denomination and, and they are now seeking to go forward independently. You see, there has been this attack against the church and, and, and that has come about uh, and has caused many churches to go backward instead of forward. Uh, and and um, here's something that I feel that every leader needs to take on board, and it is this. Um, you have to go forward. Uh, you know, many churches came back after COVID and just started going like they did before covid and, and the fact was that they were actually going forward. How many know that God is not a God of four years ago? He's a God of now. He has a plan for now. And he knows how to battle against this, this satanic thing that's happened and will take us forward. We're not going backward. Many went backward because of money. Many went backward because of the lack of people coming back. And uh, backward uh, for all these reasons... And as a result, the joy went out of ministry. And um, it was so, so sad. And some leaders even quit. In fact, a lot of leaders. They had enough and a secular job uh, to them seemed more attractive um, and less hassle. Now, my response to that may sound a little harsh, and uh, again, I am 73, so I've got these harsh words, perhaps, you know, you get a little grumpy when you get older, you know. Amen. And especially if you're tired, all right, so. But, um, see, the call of God is not a secular thing, it's a spiritual thing. Uh, and, and actually, um, it, it is very personal, the call of God on your life. Uh, uh, the fact is that that's very spiritual and very personal. And if you get to a place where you, you're now prepared to walk away from that call, then I don't know whether you were called in the first place. Um, there's no way that a called shepherd will leave the sheep in the middle of a battle. There's no way where a shepherd uh, will see the giants coming down the hill and will now turn and run and leave the sheep to the giants. You see, the fact is a true shepherd would never walk away from the sheep. And I said, that sounds harsh, and you may agree with me. I don't care if you disagree with me. You see, what happened in that season... Uh, these past years was there was a shaking going on and a whole lot of sifting that was happening for anything that the devil desires for evil God's going to use it for good all right so there's a shaking going on there's a sifting that is happening and and, and the fact is that if you are called if you are called of God, you've got no other choice but to let the people kill you. But you say, I'm going nowhere. You can kill me if you want, but I'm going nowhere. I'm called and I'm positioned by God. You have no choice but to take the pressure and to now lead on into the future and, and the church of Jesus Christ now needs to go forward. Now, forward is a personal choice. You have to ask yourself, am I going backward or am I going forward? And, and the answer to the question, am I going backward is never, never. I'm never going backward. And that needs to be our stand, even if you're saying, well, you know, uh, going forward, going backward, well, I'm, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just standing my ground. Well, if you're standing your ground, you're giving forward a chance. All right, so even if you're standing your ground, you say, I've been beat up and I'm just standing my ground, you're giving forward a chance. You start confessing. I'm going forward, we're going forward. 
the best is yet to come. God is not finished. The Bible is not done with. They may say the Bible is old and we need to rewrite it and we need to do all with it. We don't believe that. We believe the Word of God to be the Word of God. We are not going nowhere. We are going forward. We're not going backward. Now, it may have been easy to talk like that when everything was going great. But now in the midst of the negativity that is about and the fallout, it's not so easy. But these are days, listen please, these are days when the church needs faith-filled, Holy Ghost-empowered leaders. Oh yeah, and that's why I love fivefold. <laughs> Because we believe still in the Holy Ghost. We believe in the power of God. We believe that we can get power from the Holy Spirit. See, the truth is that anyone can, you know, steer the boat in the calm. Anyone can stretch out on the deck with a lemonade I'm saying lemonade because you don't drink here. So anything. My wife says that she's a strong drinker. She likes strong coffee. Yeah, I have to get the dark Keurig cups. And, and the way that I have my coffee is that I give her her coffee, dark, strong coffee, then I don't bother changing the cup. I use the same Keurig cup and I get what I like. You know what I mean? So, and, and you know what? I, what I found out is that saved me a lot of money, actually. So, But anyone can stretch out on the deck with a lemonade and a deck chair and you're just cruising along. But when the storm comes up and the ship's tossing around, that's when the people need the captain. That's when they need someone who can take that ship and steer it forward. It is that now they need something more. And brothers and sisters, let me tell you, we have been in a storm. We have weathered much of the storm. It may not be over, but know this one thing. You don't turn the boat back into the storm. You keep it going out of the storm. You keep going forward. So I don't know what you do, but, um, you know, I've been called a prophet. I, I, I don't give myself that title, but, um, but I do prophesy to myself. And, um, and, and, and I, um, I say, you're not finished yet. You're not done. And then I go, I am. Are you sure about that? And, 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 and I keep on prophesying. You have destiny on your life. And I go, I do? I've been beat up a lot, you know. I've gone, uh, uh, yeah, uh, and, and not only that, listen, John, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. My hand is upon your life. You're not going backward, you're going forward. Your destiny is in the future. Keep your eyes on me, keep going forward. I say, well, okay, I'll do that. You see, we need leaders that are seeing that their leadership is not in the secular realm. I don't have to have all the answers about what's going on in the world. I, I'm not a philosopher. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a politician. We are called men and women of God. That's who we are. And, and, and so I, I find that what I have to do and what I encourage you to do is that I fill myself with the Word of God. I make sure that I'm spending time with God in prayer and I draw on the power of the Holy Spirit and I pray in tongues every day. I've now got to a place where I'm, I'm now saying to the Lord, at least 30, 30 minutes of my prayer life every day is going to be in tongues. Uh, and, and what I find happening 
happening is when I pray in tongues and I go back into English, I believe I'm interpreting the prayer that I prayed in tongues in English. So I pray in tongues and I feel the power of the Holy Spirit. We are not secular, we are spiritual and we are meant to move in the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Now that's just my introduction. She took about 15 minutes off me by sending you all to the bathroom. I was worried. I was worried about, uh, you know, getting straight up after Steve. Uh, and I was thinking, if I've got to get up straight after Steve, I better go to the bathroom now. And I went out in the first 10 minutes of his word. Sorry about that. Here's a scripture that I feel the Lord laid on my heart today. Exodus 14. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the people that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. You know, if you read a few verses before that, you find that Moses had told the people to stand still. Now he has been told by God to go forward. How many know there's a time to stand still, but there's a time to go forward? And, and, and the fact is that Moses heard the message uh, of, from God. I, I don't believe that he was with the children of Israel when God was giving him this message. He was away praying and getting alone time with God. And God says, why are you crying to me? Go forward. Why are you over here crying? And I think Moses could have said, well, I could give you three million reasons for why I'm over here uh, crying right now and not only that we're at a dead end street he said the, the, the Egyptians are right there behind us the Red Sea is right in front of us uh, the people are already talking about stoning me to death and you are here asking me why am I crying and God said yes why are you crying then God said tell the people of Israel to go forward he said, this is what you're going to do. You're going to take that staff, that piece of stick that I've given you, and, and you are going to now stretch it out over the sea and divide the sea. Moses had never ever faced anything like this before. And, now, and not only, I want you to note this, that, that God did not say, now you stretch your rod over the sea and I will divide the sea. He said, stretch your staff over the sea and you divide the sea. Oh, you see, sometimes God is not looking to do something sovereignly. He's simply looking for obedience. And uh, sometimes your obedience is in the dark. You're not knowing what God is going to do. And you just step out in faith and move forward. I've had times like that in my life. I planted a church in Peoria. We started in the Holiday Inn. We started in August. Our birthday's just coming up 23 years on August the 20th. And uh, we started in the Holiday Inn, this lovely room we had. Uh, I was expecting about 200 people to come and 500 turned up that day and, and, um, and we were moving forward. But we had to be out of the Holiday Inn by Christmas. And we had gone after a building on the north side of the city. It was, um, we were in an auction uh, because the building was um, empty and um, was empty because of bankruptcy the bankruptcy court says there are a number of people after it. We'll have an auction. Well, I went in there uh, all ready to bid um, $500,000. And um, long story short, it went for $1.9 million. 
And uh, foolish people, I'd stopped at 500. And when I said 500, they stepped in with 1.9. I wasn't going any further than 500,000. They could have had it a lot cheaper. But I was walking back to my car and my car was parked in the Holiday Inn parking lot and was walking from the, um, the office that I'd been to to do this auction. And, um, and I'm weeping and saying, God, you've brought me into the city. You've given me these people. And I've got to be out within two months. And, and I've got nowhere to go. And uh, he didn't say to me what you're crying to me about. But he did say this. Look across the road, and I looked across the road at the old Shrine Mosque Theater, 1,800-seat building, and he said, I want, you to, I want you to go and look. I said, they're asking $3 million for that, and, 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 and I've been around it twice already. He said, go around it now. Go knock the door and go around it. Well, I knocked the door, and this old guy, the Shriner guy, came to the door, and he said, uh, you want to look around it again, don't you? I said, do you mind? He said, no. And he was taking me around. And we were coming from the balcony down the side hall that was leading uh, to the stage area. And um, I stopped him and I said, uh, if you don't mind me asking you this, I said, what do you think the least amount of money I'd have to offer to get this building and take it off your hands? And he said to me, he said, well, right now, if you offer $600,000, you'll get it. So I offered $550,000. I got it for $550,000. And then two years, three years later, we had the vision to open Dream Center Peoria, a place for the broken and the destitute. Uh, right now, that place, eight-story building, uh, every night, there's 125 people coming in off the streets to sleep and have food and to be looked after in our building, the Dream Center building. Uh, the average age, by the way, of those that are coming in, 125, the average age is nine years of age. All right. Um, but that was up for sale, and it was up for sale, the old YMCA building, up for sale for 1.8 million dollars. Well, I can't go into all the story because she's giving me this time thing. And, but, but, you see, I was moving in faith and I was saying to God again, 1.8, we haven't got 1.8 million dollars. And, and uh, one day I was driving into the city and God spoke to me, he said, go and see the YMCA, they're ready to let you have it. And I went to see them, and they laughed when I came. And they said, well, there's somebody else after part of it anyway. There's someone after the parking lot across the street. Well, I wasn't interested in the parking lot. I wanted the building. Long story short, it was up for sale at $1.8 million. And I got it for $210,000, the whole building. But not only that, God hadn't finished. I, I was just shocked that he had done that. But then a man came up to me and he said, uh, how much are they asking for this building? How much you got to pay? I said, 210,000. He said, took his checkbook out, 210,000. And we had the building uh, bought free. You see, when you move with God, uh, there are scary things that are put in front of you. Now look at my face and open, please. <laughs> now you can always tell when I go off my notes, my, my iPad closed down, it says you don't need me. All right. Moses obeyed. That's all he did was obey. He got up and he stretched his hand out and whether he said anything, see open, but he did it. He did what God commanded him to do. And the wind got up, the old earth began to move, and the fact was that the miracle happened all because of faithful obedience. He was obedient to God. 
It's interesting, you know, when God said to him, move forward, and I thought of this while you were speaking, um, it, it means uh, it just, uh, it'd be Hebrew, wouldn't it, in the Old Testament, Doc? Yeah, well, here's a bit of Hebrew. It means move forward in stages, all right? Move forward in stages. For Moses and the children of Israel, it would be one of 42 stages that they would take uh, in their journey from the promised land. To this day, the number 42 is a holy number in Israel. Uh, and, and the fact is that rabbis who are training, trainee rabbis, even to this day, these trainee rabbis had to go to the 42 sites where God spoke and led to the children of Israel and they have to go there and then write a paper about their experience when they were at each of the 42 sites where God spoke and give new direction. And so it is, you can read about it actually, the 42 stages are all in Numbers 33 to 35. I haven't got time to go over all of them, but you can read about them there. And listen friends, this is very important. The opportunity that you have right now to move forward, don't miss it. Every next stage relies on what you do now in this stage. Right now where you make your choice of going forward and moving in the will of God and being obedient to the will of God. Right now, every other stage in your life, in your journeyings with God relies on what you do right now with this one. You see, for Moses, opening up the Red Sea, it it meant that they could now go forward to the next stage. And then when they got there, in faith they'd obey and they'd go on to the next stage. But it all relied on him being obedient right now. What's God saying to you to do right now that you need to be obedient to and move into it? And I tell you, I tell you, I tell you, your future stages all rely on what you do right now. Will you be obedient to God or will you not? This one determines if there will be any other forward thrusts. I cannot emphasize that enough. How important right now to you it is, whoever you are, whatever church you're from, that you move forward. You have to be courageous and believe in what you're doing to move forward. You know, in 1519, during the Spanish conquest of Mexico, uh, Cortez, who led the invasion, uh, he came with 11 ships and 300 men. And, um, and these, three, these 11 ships had 11 captains, And the captains had been talking together and um, saying, we need to leave Cortez and go back home to our families. Well, Cortez got wind of this. And what would you have done? I, 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 I I I, I may have got angry and I may have strung him up. No, but he did something no one was expecting to do. And he burned each of the 11 ships. He burned every one of the ships. So there was no way back. And he said to the 300, he said, if we're going to get home to our families, we've got to conquer Mexico and we have got, we'll be able to go home on their ships. And so he now put them in a place where it was either forward or it was they'd be massacred, either forward and never go back to their homes again. If we don't conquer, he was saying, there is no way back. And I think that leaders need to be saying to those that they are leading, we have never, we are never going to retreat. We are never going backwards. We're not going to turn our backs. We're going forward. We are not, we are burning our boats behind us. There's no way back. And think of it, 300 men against 5 million Aztecs. 
uh, three, 300 against 5 million. Uh, it was impossible for them to win, but they won. And they conquered Mexico. See, their attitude had to change. If they were going to get home to their families and their wives and their kids and everyone else, it was crucial that they now went forward and took the land. There was no way back. We are living in a day and age where we need to know what we believe and stand for what we believe and, and cause the people that we are leading to know we are going in the right direction. We know in whom we have believed. We know that we are moving in the right direction. There's no going back. You may want to go back. We encourage you not to go back. But if you go back, we are not. We are going forward. We're going to take the land that God has given us. I don't know what ships you need to burn, but you need to make the decision. We're in a win or die situation and we have to move forward. So quickly, as I round this up, we have to assess where we're at. And um, if you don't know where you're at, you don't know where you're going. If you don't assess where you're at, you have no idea about moving forward. So I'm going to give you some suggestions of where you may be. And this gets you to a place where you must be now really honest. Okay? Now, telling somebody to be honest when you're in church is something you don't expect to do. But you have to do it because a lot of people are not honest in church. But I want you to be honest. I want you to do a self-assessment of where you're at. And um, the first suggestion is this, I ask, are you under a broom tree? 1 Kings 19 and verse 4. Then he went alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I'm no better than my ancestors who have already died. This, of course, was Elijah. He ended up under the broom tree. And I have to tell you, I ended up under a broom tree many years ago before ever I came over here to the States from the UK. 30 years I've been in America this year. Um, but way back before then, um, I, I really had been uh, over busy. And um, uh, one day I had a phone call saying, we've got another meeting we need you to attend and we just want to make sure you'll be there. And I found myself saying, no, I will not be there. I slammed the phone down. I kicked the bookcase to pieces in front of my little boy. And I've had to ask his forgiveness for all that as well. But, but I kicked this bookcase to pieces. I ran into my kitchen. I crouched in the corner and I said, stop the world. I want to get off. And uh, for six months, I, I was out of the ministry, um, taken off all the committees that I was on. Thank God for that. But, um, but I remember I wept nights and days. I was a complete, complete mess. And, uh, but you know, when you look at Elijah, I find he had a similar experience I had a similar experience to him because God never beat up Elijah. He let him sleep and then he fed him and let him sleep again. I love this scripture. Do you know why? When you get my age, 73, you know, when you get older, there's two things you never pass up and that's a nap and a bathroom. Yeah, you never pass them up. All right. And, and, and the fact is that he, he now let him sleep and then he fed him and then he let him sleep again. And then he led him forward with new motivation. Oh, stop and rest if you must. Stop and, and get fed if you must. Stop and get to a place where you're built up if, you're, if you must. But now God is saying, I want to move you forward with fresh motivation, fresh vision. I want to take you into the future. And God did that to me. I had two guys turned up. Uh, one guy, 
his name was John Phillips. He was my mentor for many years. He died in 96, about three years ago. And uh, he turned up on my front door and, and he said, it was early morning in, in the UK. They have milk delivered to the door, all right? And he stood there with, with our milk in his hand and he said, use your milk. And, and I'm looking at him and, and he traveled three and a half hours that morning to get to me. And he said, get dressed. I'm taking you out. And, uh, and, he, and he spoke into my life that morning. One of the things he said to me, you know, he said, John, you know, when you die, the church will have forgot, forgot, forgot about you after six months. They'll have got a new pastor in, they've got new leaders and, and they'll have new vision and, and they may put a plaque or a picture of you on the wall, but not many people will look, after, look at it after a while. He says, oh, you, you know, you've been pouring yourself out in so many places and he said, I, I want to tell you that they'll forget you as soon as you're dead, but your family won't. And he said, you need to now give more to your family than you're being. And it was very wise words. The other guy was a name, uh, guy uh, that was a great, great preacher. And uh, his name was David Pawson. He was a spirit-filled Baptist and, uh, and, and he was doing a service near where I was. And uh, I decided in my broken state, I'd go and hear him because I, I liked him as a friend and I liked him speaking. So I get there and he's outside welcoming people as they come in. And I walk up and he said, John, John, how are you? And I said, oh, David, I, I'm, I'm not too well. You know, I said, I, I, I got over busy. I was on too many committees and all this. And, and uh, I, I had a breakdown. And so he looked at me and he said, oh, you sinned. I said, David, I never sinned. I, I, I said, I've been so busy. I, he said, oh, you sinned, John. I said, I never sinned, David. And he said, you sinned, John. He put his arm around me. He said, Jesus says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. If you took on more than Jesus has given to you, you were walking in disobedience and sin. Now come into the church, kneel at the altar. We'll pray together and you'll begin to get better. And I did just that. I went in, I knelt at the altar. I repented of my sin. From that moment, I began to get better. And I never meant to tell you that. And now I've got to open this thing again. All right. God will let you rest for a while, but he'll not give up on getting you to move forward. Here's another one very quickly. Get behind me, Satan. You did take 15 minutes. Ago. You could be at the Jordan River full of faith and vision. Joshua 1.6. Be strong and courageous for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land that I swore to their ancestors uh, that I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. You could be there right now at the Jordan and maybe you're looking at it even as Moses looked at the Red Sea and, and you're looking at the Jordan and, and you're wondering what's going to happen there and, and, uh, and you, you, you know you've got to lead the people, you've got to go forward and, and, and God comes and he said, go forward, be very courageous, don't hold back, move forward into what I've said to you and what I'm leading you into. You may be a little scared about what God is saying to you, but you are determined to move forward. That's a great place to be. Or you could be this guy. Give me this mountain. This was Caleb, of course, an older man. Just a side note here. Some of you need to sit down and talk to older men and women. Oh yeah, it, it is absolutely true. That's why I talked to Eric. Uh, no, I didn't mean that, Eric, sorry. So, <laughs> but they've been there, they've done that, they failed there, they've been let down there, they've gone through everything you've gone through, they can encourage your soul. But Caleb was reminding Joshua that he was a man of destiny and of vision. Someone needs to hear this. 
If you're not dead, you still have a destiny on your life. If you're not dead, you still have places to go and things to do for the master. I came before the Lord. They called it retirement when I stepped down three years ago from leading the church. I, I want to tell you, all that meant to me was a new set of tires, all right? Retired. Now I've got to move forward because <laughs> of the time. So you're not sitting around bemoaning your lot. You're not sitting around saying, I'm old and I'm grumpy. Uh, I, I, no, no, you're saying, if I'm not dead, I've got destiny. And you're going to take the giants on. And you're going to move forward. All right. Here's, here's the last one of these. <clears throat> this is another place you could be pressed, but not crushed. The Apostle Paul, of course, 2 Corinthians 4.8. We're pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed but not driven to despair. We are hunted down but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down but we're not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Oh yes, we've all been through this, maybe. We're a little beat up. We're perplexed by what's happening through COVID and what's happened in governments and what's happening in the world. I hate listening to the news every night. I don't hear nothing but bad stuff coming from the news. It gets me down. I don't like it. I listen to it so that I know where I am in moving on in God. But the fact is, I don't like it. The world is a political mess right now. Forget what party you belong to. Forget that and just see that the world's a mess. And we're surrounded by critical people that are influenced and and, and taken down by the, the media and people are quitting. But at least we haven't been stoned and whipped yet. We're still standing and we're determined to go forward. That's where Paul was at. Let me bring this to close by saying this. Church, we're not done. We've only just begun. Here is the question that Jesus is asking. It's found in Matthew 9, 28. Let me read this to you. They went right into the house where, the, where, where he was staying. That's Jesus. And Jesus asked them, do you believe I can make this happen? And the answer they gave him was, yes, Lord. They told him, we do. Yes, Lord, we do. Can I say... I ask you this, are you a yes Lord person or a no Lord person? Are you a yes Lord church or a no Lord church? If you are a yes Lord leader, your church will be a yes Lord church. When it is that you're saying it's not what I want, it's not my will, it's your will. And the fact is we need to be declaring and proclaiming yes Lord. Say it with me if you will. Now say it as if you really mean it. Yes, Lord. All right, one or two hands are going up at the same time. Say it again if you really mean it. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. To everything you ask, anywhere you lead, it's yes, Lord. Listen, my beloved friends this morning, we are not done. We have never been done. We can never be done because the church of Jesus Christ is the eternal instrument that will bring to pass the eternal purposes of God in the earth. We cannot be stopped. We may have detours. We may be attacked. It may be that we're obstructed, but in the end, we will win and we will go through. And I read the scriptures, the big C church wins in the end. We are going to win in the end. Satan will be defeated. The gates of hell will be driven back and King Jesus will sit on the throne of the earth forever and ever and ever. The church of Jesus Christ 
will outlast every president, every king, every demonic power and every lying politician. When all is said and done, the church will be still standing. It will still be strong and it will be all that God has called it to be. We have to believe and move forward. We have to believe and say, no, we're not letting all this stuff that's going on in the world hold us back. We are going forward. You see, I believe the Big C Church, I don't see it creeping out of here silently. I don't see the Big C Church running before the giants. I see the Big C Church standing and resisting the enemy. Hey, hey, you've heard it this morning already. Preach the gospel. Oh man, I mean the whole gospel. Preach that Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is the sanctifier, an old fashioned word. He is the sanctifier. He is the healer. He is the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. And He is the coming King. Preach it, preach it, preach it, preach it. The end time world needs you. The end time world needs people who are saying we're going forward. And if that's you, and please don't just follow like sheep after one another. And just because you want to stretch your legs a bit because he's been long winded. But you did take 15 minutes. But anyway. If you're saying, God, it's dark around me. I don't know all that's going on in the world. I've let it get to me. God, I, I'm a little scared to do this, but God, I'm going forward. If that's you, can you stand right now? I want to pray for you if you are determined and saying, I'm going forward. I'm not going backward. I'm going forward. I don't even know what that looks like right now, but I know He'll show me. And I know it's going to call for my obedience, but I'm going to be obedient. It's a personal thing. You're making this a personal thing. I am called by God. I am going forward. Now, Father, you see these lovely people standing before you, raising their hands in surrender to you right now and saying, forward, forward, lead me forward. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to do what you've asked me to do. You may not work sovereignly in this, but I know you're going to come through and I'm going to see miracles, wonders and signs because I'm going forward. Father, seal this word in their hearts. If they forget everything else, Lord, let them never forget. I'm going forward in the name of my God and my Saviour Jesus. God's people said, Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message from the church conference hosted by Fivefold International. To learn more, you can visit the website at fivefoldinternational.org. Make sure to check out the entire series of teachings from the church conference on the Destiny Church 217 podcast.